Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Once again, Marvel has deigned to rescue us from our everyday pandemic hellscape lives and grace us with another series on the Disney Plus with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier premiering this past Friday. And while everybody should have learned their lesson about wildly theorizing after watching all those Mephisto and Reed Richards predictions from WandaVision go up in a cloud of synthesoid smoke... Nobody did. So we're going to look at some of the wild predictions that we've seen on the interwebs in the last few days and decide if they are the real or jabroni on this episode 60 with a little something we're calling the odd couple. My name is Todd and with me as always is the man on whom stock prices of beef and pork fluctuate depending on what is on his weekly shopping list. He is the Perry Saturn to my John Cronus. Despite being a gaping sucking void of charisma, we have an implausible amount of heat in Canada. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations my friend. How are you? Uh, Doing quite well sir and yourself. I am doing very well. Oh, that's, I'm glad to hear that. I really am because, you know, doing the show without you, quite honestly, no one would listen. Well, here's so. the reason why. It's 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 <laughs> it's warmed up. I and and as we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm I'm getting that the the czar of char, the the, the chef's itch going on where I I need to get some cooking going. Oh, I was so, going to say uh, you might need some lotion for that itch. Yeah, is it, po- quite is this, possibly. <laughs> this, this a reoccurring? <laughs> is this something from college kicking back up? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I told you not to use the pool at the apartment complex. Oh, I told I know. you. I, you. You did. You did warn me. They never used chlorine in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were life forms in there. Anyways, um, before we get too deep into this episode, sir, can you name the tag team? I can, my friend. It is the ECW Originals. John Cronus, Perry Saturn, the Eliminators. Okay, you didn't really need to go into the whole preamble, just the Eliminators and just, you know, break my heart would have been suffice. I just felt like you needed to have some build up, a little, a little, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Well, thank you for giving me a peek on that one. I appreciate it. <laughs> So let's dive right... Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, it's all about giving you a peek, my friend. So, Well, you know... <laughs> I'd, we might have to delete that reference. There's going to be people who are like, what in the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Is that a drug reference? Oh, sweet Moses. <laughs> are they on the tweeds? Um, so let's, uh, let's dive right into The Week in Geek, sir. The Week in Geek. Feels so funky. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, three items. Uh, actually, we have quite a few items, but I had to whittle it down to three. Uh, so, so next show we'll, we'll have three in the hopper as well. But uh, first one is a little bit of an, a little bit anecdotal, but just interesting nonetheless. We've talked in the past about, uh, especially with the mention 
of Grand Admiral Thrawn in The Mandalorian and, and seeing that character or hearing that character being brought into the Star Wars canon finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of speculation on who may play him in the Mando and uh, or, or in the Ahsoka show, uh, depending on where, where he lands as the big bad. Or but uh, this one comes via the Collider. Dot com and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch reveals whether he'd play Grand Admiral Thrawn in The Mandalorian. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, may or may not surprise you. It sounds like a big fat no. So, Gee, I wonder why. Well, I, I I just would like to read his 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 uh, his quote as they ask him about you know whether he would play the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually had to explain to him who the character is, which which Always tells a good you sign. which tells you something <laughs> right there. So he says, Grand Admiral Thrawn, does he turn into Peter Cushing or something? Is that? And then the person from the Collider says, No, he's blue. He's a very cool character. That's a villain. You'd be under a blue makeup thing. I'm just curious if you heard about it. And the Cumberbatch says, That's a straight no for me right now. There's no way I want to be turned blue. I turned the air blue very recently. No, no, seriously. I have precious time with my children, and I think sitting in a makeup chair and being painted blue and the amount of time it would take to do that and then take it off at the end of the day might just... It's not the right time in my life for that. (laughs) Oh, hell no! Which, I I can't disagree with them. I mean, you know... I can't either. I can't... I, I, I... very much appreciate the honesty and the candor. Um, mm-hmm. I just, uh, it's very rare that you hear someone shut a rumor down that concretely. So, oh, yeah. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch, I tip my cap to you, sir. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nice to. I mean, it's. I mean, good for him that he's in that position to be able to do that. Because there's a lot of people. Like, if you offered me the role and like a couple of zeros on there, like, uh, sure, I'll take it. I can use the work. But paint, you know, paint me as blue as you want. <laughs> You know, Doctor Strange isn't worrying about where his next cup of coffee is coming from. Uh-uh. So I think I think Benedict is doing quite well for himself. So the idea so. of, you know, slathering up in blue makeup is like, mm, I'm a little past that in my career now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, back to Lars Milkinson, who has uh, voiced him uh, on uh, Star Wars Rebels. Or I'm still holding out uh, some hope that it might be a Robert Downey Jr. vehicle. Well, we shall see. Oh, hey. Oh, no. And in related news, you also think that Mephisto is going to show up in the, as Grand Admiral Thrawn's assistant or something. He will. Mark my <laughs> words and mark them well. Okay. Duly marked. And All we'll right, just thank you. put that on a piece of paper, set it on fire, and bury the ashes. What do yes. we got next? What do we got now? Well, hey, something, this will be a little different for the Week in Geek. Normally, we, we kind of bounce between the Marvel and Star Wars realms, keep it kind of sci-fi oriented. But given uh, a couple episodes ago, we we went in deep and, and in depth on Rocky and uh, those movies. Little mm. tidbit: uh, Michael B. Jordan, who has starred as Adonis Creed in the uh, first two Creed movies, he will be pulling double duty on the newest installment of Creed that is uh, slated to be released in theaters November twenty third, twenty twenty two. So. Uh, Hopefully that means we'll actually be able to go to the theaters and see it, but um, he will be if directing... If any theaters are open. If any theaters are open or still in business. Yes, I, that was where I was heading, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, he will be pulling double duty, not only acting, but directing Creed Three. So this will be interesting and uh, very curious to see where they go. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that they are taking Creed in somewhat of a new and exploratory direction and not trying to rehash with, you know, the son of Clubber Lang. So, <laughs> Although, I well, mean, you, you know, 
you wouldn't want to see old Mr. T show up? Come on. You know you do. Prediction. Pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn you, old man. My son's going to dish out the pain. <laughs> so it looks like it looks like he has one. Oh, it has one directorial credit is Creed 3. So uh, uh, as yet... Uh, not experienced as a director, uh, one hell of an actor. I mean, uh, oh gosh, no, yeah, no problems with anything he's done in the acting realm. Some producing credits and stuff like that. But I mean, I I think this could definitely work mm-hmm. because you know, dude has obviously been on enough sets. Obviously, pays attention to the craft of acting, and and there's been a lot of actors who have gone on to do to do really good work as directors. There's also been some actors who not so much. I think, though, the thing that I have uh, missed and that I missed in Creed 2 was, again, not having, um, oh, my gosh, I am totally blanking on his name. The director from Creed 1, Black Panther director, Ryan Coogler. Yes. Yeah. Not having him involved. And mm-hmm. that was the thing. Like I, I've Ryan Coogler, to me, is so adept at story, at least in what I have seen, that I, I'm a little concerned about how this is going to go if Sly is going to be once again kind of really into the story part of it and exactly where that's going to steer this. That's my only concern. And if Michael B. Jordan is going to be able to kind of stand up to the guy who started this whole thing. So that's my that's my one concern. Otherwise, I mean, hey, why not? So this article I'm reading comes from from Variety.com. Just want to make sure I'm sourcing everyone correctly. But it does say that this third installment was written by Keenan Coogler, who I don't know if that is Ryan's brother, and it is based on an outline by Ryan Coogler. Okay. So well, there, I mean, there, there is some Coogler influence on this, if you will. Well, I mean, that's good. And I, I mean, I don't know if what the procedure was in writing Creed too. I mean, yeah, they, you can give an outline and then they can just completely toss that in the can. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'll be there to watch it. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to start a boycott campaign or anything, but yeah, it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting. It shall be interesting. It would, although it would not surprise me whatsoever if, if, uh, if he turned, if he turned into a dual threat as a, as a really, really good actor and a really, really good director. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my first exposure to Michael B. Jordan was actually watching the NBC show. I don't know if you ever watched it. Parenthood. No, no. He popped in for a little arc in, in, I think it was like season two or three and then we never saw him again, but, but he, he was, I mean, you, you could tell even then there was something special going on there, you know, with, with his, his acting and, and mm-hmm. he was really good. And, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job, you know, carrying the torch. You know, he, he is Adonis Creed. He's made that his own, and, and I've, I've really enjoyed both those Creed movies. So I, I have high hopes, high confidence that uh, Mr. Jordan will uh, knock it out of the park with number three. So Now, what I'm hoping for is Adonis, also known as Donnie, mm-hmm. his name before he took the name Creed was Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. How can we not get Don Johnson as like the evil boxing promoter in Creed Three? Then you got Don Adonis Johnson Creed and Don Johnson. Stop it! Just stop it's a it. it's a silly thing, but damn it, I want to see it. Uh, Uncle Todd and his his crazy ideas. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it was a good idea. It's just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know about that one, my friend. What? I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't mean to demean this movie about people punching each other in the face with, you know, my silliness. I'm Although, sorry. to his credit, Don Johnson did have a pretty good role in Watchmen. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Don like, Johnson like, like, is, he's he, not he, a bad he, he actor. He was good. He, he was good in Watchmen. He was, he's been, he's been good in a lot of things. He was excellent in Tin Cup playing kind of the smarmy, you know, you know, uh, you know, bad guy, I guess you'd say the, the, the antagonist, but I mean, yeah, he's been good in a lot of stuff. I mean, he's, he's not a horrible actor. I, I mean, at the very least, it seems like he actually takes care to do a good job even now, later on in his career, unlike, you know, someone like, oh, I don't know, Bruce Willis, who mails in every single performance and does the bare minimum <laughs> ever since i mean i can't remember him actually putting in a, a performance and i'm like he actually tried since like the fifth element yeah. that was the last time i remember him being in anything where i'm like wow he actually did a, a not terrible kind of bland job yeah. everything else is like he's you can tell he's just like just get me off of this just get me off this set i'm i, I hate being a movie star now and i just I just need the money. That's that's just the vibe I get from him, that he's yeah. just in the I am Bruce Willis sort of thing. Or maybe I've just watched too many Kevin Smith videos. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that went off the rails quick, so you better steer us back on here, sir. Well, let's bring us back to the realm of sci-fi. And I, and, and I lied. We, we, we bounce between Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, and BSG. And in this case, we're going to bounce between BSG and Star Trek because there was a little uh, tidbit from uh, ScreenRant.com this week that I found pretty pretty humorous. I texted it to to uh, Uncle Todd right away because I'm like, man, this would have been cool if this had actually happened. Mm. But in the what almost could have been category, Battlestar Galactica's Edward James almost, almost, almost played a major role in Star Trek, specifically Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock as Crooge the very, very evil uh, Klingon commander who ultimately ends up taking the life of one Captain Kirk's son. So, David. Uh, ah. So, so yes, Edward James almost was apparently in the running for that, I think because he was not the, the physical specimen that they needed for playing that role. They went with the next best candidate who, of course, uh, reeks of physicality and musclehood, none other than Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Great Scott! Hey, you know what? <laughs> Great Scott Marty! I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, <laughs> neither one of us should be making any references about anyone's lack of physical, like, musculature, okay? Yeah, I agreed, but, but still... <laughs> When when I think of 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 physicality and and playing uh, playing in you know like like a, an enemy or or a villain kind of role, Christopher Lloyd does not come across my mind very often. Not really, but all he had to do was sit in the chair, and then essentially like that, like the little animatronic dog, Klingon dog, which was really just I think they might have repurposed the 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 Hellhound from Ghostbusters or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Because it, it just reminds me of that sort of the same range of movement. All you have to do is sit there and, and wear the makeup. That's all. It's not I like that he... Was, was there even like a fight scene or anything? Did he do anything? But No, he did. He, he, he was in... There were a couple... Um, I think toward the end there, there was a fight scene which ultimately... Oh, okay. led, like he, he ends up taking David's life. He takes the, the life of Kirk's son. 
Um, well, in, yeah, in, but in a one-on-one. And David wasn't any sort of like you know tough sort of kid. He, you know he was soft. I'm telling you. <laughs> but but and, you know, but Christopher for a Lloyd, moment, he's 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 wiry. He's deceptively strong. But for a moment, imagine if you had the admiral playing that character. Just shoot. I mean, yes, he would be a little more diminutive, probably shorter. But my goodness, that look, that stare. Yeah, I mean, puts but, the fear <sighs> of God in people sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're also thinking of Vadama. We're not. So let's see here. I, I'm now. I'm curious about this. Oh, sick. Okay. So Christopher Lloyd is six one. Edward James. I think it was more almost. the height than it, than it was anything else. Yeah, Edward James almost. Well, five ten. That's my height. I tell me, still I can't taller play than I am. So well, hey, I, I got nothing to say. Wait a minute. I'm taller than you, and I got rock bottom. <laughs> hey, you know what? Someone had to do the job. <laughs> I'm always putting you over. Hey. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was the one booking. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, it, well, it was your apartment originally, so I suppose you hold the book. <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's that's how it works. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Although I I don't have that many problems with Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon, mostly because I mean I don't really have a problem with anyone as a Klingon. No, I, no, no. I, I I thought Christopher Lloyd was fine, but it's just when when it, when reading this article and you read about the fact that, like Nimoy was apparently high on on Eddie Olmos playing it, mm-hmm. and uh, but I, he got overruled by by someone else. And just when I read the word physicality and then I see in the next sentence Christopher Lloyd, it just it just makes me giggle a little bit because I just. Like for me, Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown. I mean that 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 is his. He he, much like Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown. So it just it, it just doesn't you, you know when I read something like this, I'm like, oh my gosh, what could have been? <laughs> yeah. Anywho, but it would have been interesting. But alas, it was not to be. And that, my friend, is the week in geek. Where's the beef? Well, thank you very much for once again scouring the interwebs and, and bringing us the, the news that matters, or, well, matters to us and probably to no one else. <laughs> I believe on, on, the, uh, on the outline that you have so helpfully provided here, we have a Chef's Corner feature. Uh, you got some bragging that you want to do about the foods that you've been eating? I do. I mean, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, it's, it's warming up here in, in, in Chicagoland, and uh, I, I'm getting the itch to get the grill out. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to make sure that we're not having another uh, snow squall slash blizzard like we had at the beginning of the week last week here. It, it mm-hmm. was incredible. It went from like, you know, just overcast to like, you know, two inches an hour sort of downpour of snow. I mean, it's like, what the heck happened? You know, it's like, good Lord. But anyways, uh, yeah, so so over the weekend, uh, basically started out with a, uh, you know, swinging over to uh the my my hookup my my guy the the meat market uh grabs some it apple really a meat market or is it like you go you meet this guy at the around the back of a walmart somewhere and he's selling like meat out the back of his car i i cannot confirm nor deny but anyways oh, <laughs> i'm doing a show with a meat felon that's awesome <laughs> Grab some applewood smoked bacon, uh, and uh, with with my it, it was funny. It started out as just like I just had this idea to make you know eggs and bacon. It was kind of late in the in the morning, and and I, I didn't think anyone else was hungry, so I was going to do my own thing. 
all of a sudden uh, I got, you know, teenage boys who sleep late and who are getting hungry as well. So my oldest helped uh, saute some onions and peppers, mixed it in with some scrambled eggs, made some applewood smoked bacon, and then the coup de gras, throw a little avocado mash on top of it. And uh, my gosh, we, we had a little bit of a feast in, in, the, uh, in, in our household uh, on Saturday with that brunch. So that was fantastic. And then... Uh, are, you, are you kidding me with the avocado mash? No. Avocado had, on eggs is amazing. I had no idea you were so bougie. Oh, come on now, man. <laughs> you got to love the avocado. Respect. No. Respect. You know, if you if you didn't have all that avocado, you could save up your money. You wouldn't be buying meat out the back of someone's car. I'm not buying meat out of the back <laughs> of someone's car. It's high quality, is what I'm getting, I'm, my friend. I am telling you, one of these days, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read on the interwebs. Podcaster arrested for transporting meat across <laughs> state lines. <laughs> like a meat bootlegger. <laughs> oh, we're bootlegging meat. Look out! <laughs> He's found it down. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Uh, and then uh, the the other uh, you know the, the the other adventure I went on today was uh, making um, basically inspired by watching a little Guy Fieri on Food Network diners, drive-ins, and dives, and uh, a restaurant he visited that makes uh, fried meatballs. So I decided to air fry some meatballs and uh, put together a little beef, pork, mozzarella, oregano. Uh, it was a little slice of heaven, and uh, we, we had ourselves a very nice uh, meatball with tomato sauce and veggie sort of feast on uh, Sunday evening in the in the uh, Uncle Tim household. So that is uh, my chef's corner, and you, sir, have thrown something called The Whistler, who I can't tell if that's a Billy Joel song that you just dug out of nowhere or if that is, in fact, a meal of some kind. But please do tell. So I've been knee deep in in home repairs and in painting and essentially trying to finish up all the projects I should have done over the past like five years. And I'm trying to do it in a week and a half. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Because if you if you really just want to drive you you and your family insane, endeavor to do this. So uh, we had St. Patrick's Day this past weekend, and of course we didn't we haven't cooked in like a week and a half. Like it's it has just been home projects and trying to get stuff done. And so I am not even kidding you. For our big thing that we did for uh, St. Patrick's Day was my wife bought Lucky Charms. Like this is how this is how far we have fallen. And I was I was okay with it. I was actually excited. I'm like, damn, Lucky Charms, sweet. But the Whistler is uh, it was my contribution was a is a nice Irish whiskey that I dis, uh, that I discovered this past week nice. and is quite lovely. So this is my culinary adventure is to recommend uh, booze because again I've been working on my house so it was medication at that point. But the Whistler's a it, it's actually kind of nice. It's a it's a Irish whiskey, but it is uh, it is actually aged in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. And then it is aged in sherry casks, so it's kind of a double aging process sort of thing. Nice. has a has a lot of of different uh, flavors and textures going on. There's even a bit of a a kind of like a a little bit of a a peaty sort of t- uh, t- taste in there, like very very subtle, almost like that same sort of peatiness that you get in like scotch, nice uh, or certain types of scotch, and just a lot of nice flavor. And you know, I'm not terribly familiar with Irish whiskeys, so I. I just was like, yeah, this is good, and it's, you know the price is right. You know, I was pleasantly surprised. So that is my that is my part of the chef's corner <laughs> is booze and Lucky Charms. So, Very nice. 
As you can tell, one of us is keeping it high class and the other uh, about One of us is putting avocado on their eggs and air frying meatballs. The other is drinking. <laughs> well, one of us is, is getting all bougie and the other one of us is keeping <laughs> it real is basically what I'm trying to say. Ah, well, you know, got to keep the joint classy, my friend. <laughs> all right. I guess we ought to probably get into the, the topic at hand mm-hmm. for this, uh, this episode. So... We've got a bunch of different rumors, theories, wild accusations, and thoughts on where the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to go. And what we're going to do in this episode is we are actually going to run these down. We are each going to say whether it's the real or jabroni, and we are going to keep track of it. And then after we get done the the six-issue run of this show, what we are going to do is we are going to tally these up, Mm -hmm. see who actually came out ahead, who was right. So we actually have to take these seriously. And there are stakes. There are stakes not... Calm down. I'm I'm (laughs) S-T-A-K-E-S, not the other kind of stakes. Oh, you mean this isn't a a grilling sort of situation? (laughs) No, no. I could hear I could hear the the drip of the saliva oh. hitting this, <laughs> and you're you probably went like twenty meatballs deep tonight. And so like, <laughs> Are you getting me a New York strip? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh my gosh, where, where what's going on? Prime rib. But, yeah, prime rib. I've i I had Lucky Charms for St. Patrick's Day. I'm getting you prime rib. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll stop by McDonald's and, and I'll I'll FedEx you a hamburger. How about that? Not even a cheeseburger. I don't even want to pay the extra for the cheese. <laughs> I'll send you. Oh. I'll send you some kangaroo meat on a fake <laughs> bun, with, oh, a, with a little with a little swath of ketchup and those oh. funky pickles on there. <laughs> send that to you. They don't ever go bad, so you don't have to worry about it growing mold in the mail. Heck with oh that. I'm, I'm not even gonna send it. I'm not even gonna send it overnight. I'll send it regular. I'm gonna send it like fourth class mail. Oh, that's hysterical. You get it sometime around July. Well, thank Anyways, you. Thank you. so there are stakes involved. It will be a. A bottle of, of bourbon uh, of the winner's cho- of choosing in a reasonable degree. With, within reason. No one's getting a Pappy 23 out of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there are some stakes here. We do have to take uh, this seriously. Yes. So we're going to run these down. And uh, at this point, I'm going to hand the torch off to you because you did the bulk of the work. You did bulk. You did all the work in well, putting this together. It, so I'm, I'm going to let you steer this one, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, in fairness, because let, let, let's, acknowledge, let, let's acknowledge what reality is here. Uncle Todd does a lot of the work on the production of, of these episodes. I, I am trying to pitch in in some way, shape, or form by by kind of organizing the uh, the content, if if you will. So, I appreciate the accolades, but sir, uh, not a, you know, tip of the cap to you for 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 the behind the scenes that that you are doing. So, um, well, I didn't want to say anything, but I am pretty much the the reason for our success. Well. Thank you very much. I will, I will, I will, I will not argue with you. You, you have put in countless hours to make us sound really good. So yeah, the, unfortunately, the whole success piece is still a little bit elusive. Well, you know, but oh well. You know. Uh, oh well. So here we are going to, uh, you know, take some inspiration from from the Iron Sheik, or or as I call him sometimes, the Sheiky, uh, with with the Sheaky, real, baby. which is true. And the jabroni, which is false. So the, those of you who don't know, the, you know, the term jabroni in wrestling means, uh, you know, kind of the patsy, the, the guy who gets pinned, the guy who is going to lose. 
So uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to read a statement, maybe chat about it a little bit, and then uh, give our assessment. Is this going to be the real or the jabroni? So uh-huh. uh, without further ado, uh, and, and Uncle Todd, I'll, I'll kind of keep track here on, on our sheet here uh, to, to make sure everything's on the up and up. Oh, you're going to keep things on the up and up. Oh, all my answers are going to change mysteriously over the next few weeks. You're going to count it, on my, the fact that I don't possibly, remember squat. Possibly. Uh, he's, you know, he's been huffing paint fumes for a week and a half. He won't know what the hell's going on. He won't. I, he's been eating paint chips as part of his diet. So what am well, I going to do? I'm, it's good for fiber. Well, of course it is. But Actually, wait a minute. It's latex paint. Oh, that's going to bind me up worse than cheese. Dang. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. I, I ain't had a movement since mid-March. What's going on? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Well, and, and, to, and you know, to set context, we are recording this uh, two days after the airing of episode one of the six-episode season that is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So we do have some context. We do have some 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 knowledge, if you will, of, of what at least what's going on after episode one. So a lot of these are going to be uh, based off of, uh, you know, kind of what's going to happen now moving forward. Mm-hmm. So first one, as an example, and, and you know, and as our first one here, will be Bucky will not tell Yori that he killed his son. So if you saw episode one, Bucky was palling around with an old, uh, an older man, and uh, his name is Yori. And what we end up finding in a very well-told manner is that as the Winter Soldier, as he's kind of going through and making amends with those that he's, you know, affected with, with, uh, you know, with through through killing and, and so forth that he has kind of spent some time and you know with this man and we end up finding out that he was in fact responsible for his son's death so i put it to you sir bucky will not tell yori that he killed his son the real or the jabroni i'm going with jabroni i think he will but i don't think he's going to anytime soon but i think he i think he will by the end of the six episode series all right all right um I mean, dude's, I, dude's in therapy he's got to, he's got to make this right he does, but at the same time, you know, his you you could feel that tension, and you know, especially when he went to to you know he left the date and he went to the man and gave him you know he just gave him money for lunch, but he mm. he could see you know the shrine that the man built to his son, you know that he probably prays at and so forth, and just oh, the date that the, the date that the, the guy set him up on, like like totally set him up on, and uh-huh. he realized like man, nineteen forty something Bucky had tons of game, he had girl on each arm. 21st century Bucky ain't got no game. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. He's carrying some baggage. He's carrying some baggage. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm actually going to go uh, the real on this one. Ah. I don't think he's going to. Not because he doesn't want to make amends, but I feel like he's going to make amends to the man in a different way. And, and, hmm. and save him kind of the heartache and knowing that this guy that he spent some time with is really the man who took his son's life. I think Bucky's going to find a different way to make amends than just the the, the direct confession. So that is okay. why I'm going with the real. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you're wrong, but fair well, enough. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I fully expect that you would feel <laughs> that way, but uh, we shall see how uh, this series plays out. Okay. So the, the next three we're going to go through are all centered on the ending, which was probably one of the biggest visual just eyesores that... <laughs> 
we're so used to seeing Chris Evans playing Captain America that to see yeah. someone else try to don the the costume was just jarring. <laughs> just well, jarring. Jarring or jawing? Because that dude's jawline was protruding. It looked. Like, I don't know what was going on there. The, the chin, chin of doom. Sergeant My. Slaughter is jealous of that chin. My goodness. You know what I almost thought? I was like, it, did they have a thing like they had to do with a... Uh, Henry Cavill for you know like when they had to do the reshoots for Justice League and he couldn't shave the mustache so they you know they had to like CGI it and so his his upper lip is all like rubbery and weird looking I'm like did they have to do like did this dude have some sort of contract like he had a beard or a goatee that they had to like CGI around I'm like oh wait no Marvel don't play with that stuff mm-hmm. never mind mm-hmm. But yeah, it was an, an odd, an odd kind of deal. Yeah. So at the end of episode one, it is revealed that there is a new Captain America. Now we, we're, what we're not clear on is, is is he just a a symbol, much in the same way that the original Captain America started out as, or, or mm. are they trying to employ him in some sort of service? But nonetheless, his name is John Walker. So John Walker, the new Captain America. Here, here it is, the real of the Jeroni. John mm-hmm. Walker, the new Captain America, is in league with the Flag Smashers. And I don't know if you want to go into depth on who the Flag Smashers are. Uh, basically, anarchist group that wants to like eliminate all governments, right? Yeah, they, they felt that uh, with all the people coming back from the blip that we're better off with no borders than borders that separate us. So they want to gotcha. pretty much shatter any sort of order uh, that is going on in the world. So real bummer at a party. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. But the statement here is that the new Captain America is in league with that group. The real or the Jabroni? I'm going to go with the real. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Sure, why not? Why not? You know. Um, I am. I am going to go the real on this one as well because mm. I I have a feeling there's going to be some issue that's going to come up here where someone's trying to get close to that that shield, get possession of it, and wreak havoc with it. And it would not surprise me if John Walker uh, is uh, that man. So. I, oh, he uh, looks like a dude who's probably going to try and sell it on eBay for you know smoke what? money. I, I'm going to pull an Uncle Todd and change it. I'm going to go the jabroni. Oh. I'm going to go the jabroni. You. I'm going to go opposite you. All right. I'll explain why in a moment. Okay. All right. So Uncle Todd is the real that John Walker is in league with the Flag Smashers. I am the jabroni. Now, next John Walker statement. The John, So John Walker, the new Captain America, who for all intents and purposes we – here at Free Range at EC Feel is the jabroni. Uh, mm-hmm. Is he the main antagonist in this in this series? Is he the main antagonist? What say you, Uncle Todd? Jabroni. All right. So he is not. He is not the main antagonist. I will stand with you on that one, sir. So I will say the jabroni as well. If he is the main antagonist, we're. I think Kevin Feige knows. I think the chin is the main antagonist. <laughs> Yes, that's it. It's a sentient chin. That's what it is. It's actually some sort of parasitic thing, and it's like it's embedded itself in his chin. Oh, good lord! And he is subservient to his chin. The chin steers him everywhere. It's like Pinocchio. The chin gets stronger. You know, the more he uh, it grows, more as he does. Doesn't that sound like something that WCW would have done? Like. Coming down the aisle. That sounds like a Kevin. That sounds like a Kevin Sullivan vehicle right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, either that or like mid 
mid '90s WWF too, because mm-hmm. I mean, we did get Doink the Clown. We, However, we did. at least Doink could, you know, uh, I mean, it was a bad gimmick, but I mean, Kevin Nash was the great mighty Oz at one point. I mean, come on. <laughs> all right final i think this is the final john walker the real or the jabroni john walker the new captain america here at free range in dc known as the jabroni Mm. becomes an ally of falcon and the winter soldier what say you sir i'm gonna go jabroni well, you have to, because otherwise you will negate your prior selection. No, no, because he could be in league with the Flag Smashers and then come back around at some point. Like, oh, it could be true. like one of those sort of things at the last minute he decides, I'm going to do good. And then he does good and they just like, you know, squash him like a bug, <laughs> except for his chin. The chin is the only thing that's, that manages to survive. The chin is keeping him going. Yeah, they, they basically, it's almost like instead of putting the head in the jar, they just put the chin in a jar of liquid <laughs> and then his electrodes on it. Dude, I'm. You know what? I kind of want to see that show now. Like, I want to see the show that's just called The Chin. By the end of this episode, Uncle Todd will have like an outline going of this new show called The Chin. Dude, I think it could work. I really do. It's and and quite honestly, it's it's better than anything that DC is putting out into a movie in in the near future. So, I mean, (laughs) why not? Sweet mo. Well, having put all that behind us. Yes. uh, Oh wait. Now, what are you saying? Oh, I'm sorry. I have not given mine. Um, I have penciled in the real on this one. I, I believe throughout the episodes we will learn some backstory about John Walker, who was thrust into this role against his will by the government, and he will become an ally of Falcon and Winter Soldier and stand by them. Wow, you you you've thought about that one a bit. I have, which is why right. I had to go jabroni on, on on the Flag Smasher one because how can I say it's the real when he's also part of the Flag Smashers? Makes no sense. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Morons. All right. Next one. Sharon Carter, who has been noticeably absent for the last five years in Marvel. Yep. Becomes Bucky's love interest. Hmm. The real or the jabroni? I'm going to go jabroni. I don't think that I don't think she's going to be hugging up on Cap's. BFF. I, d- I don't see that happening. She started and, and, hugging up on Cap, if you recall. Well, that's that's another thing. That's why I don't think she's going to be hugging up on Bucky. I don't think, you know. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> I don't I don't think she's just like, ooh, a hero. Let me go after him. I think she I think she kind of liked Cap, and but that didn't work out. And I don't think that just necessarily means she's going to be like, all right, next super soldier in line. I, I just don't see that going. Uh, I am going to go the other way and say the real on this one. I think Sharon Carter ah. is going to become Bucky's love interest. They seem to make a big deal during the episode about how he's alone. Mm. And, and you know, when he's in that scene with his therapist about, um, you know, trying to branch out, make friends, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm wondering if throughout the course of the series, whenever she gets kind of introduced, if they start forging some sort of like little romance sort of thing. So, you know, now that it's a full-fledged, you know, Captain America, Peggy Carter situation, but it's heading in that direction, if you smell what I'm cooking. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I guess it could happen. I, I think it's... I, I personally am rooting for the, the sushi lady. Oh, That's just me. I could see that. I can see that. All right, next one, my friend. 
probably much like WandaVision, this is the worst kept secret of this series. <laughs> Baron Zemo is the main antagonist of this season. The real or the jabroni? That would be the real. Okay. I am going to agree with you on that one. I think uh, if, if, if you could, sir, remind our, our listeners, what is Baron Zemo's main motivation? Uh, he hates him some superheroes. Oh, he, he, he is, especially anyone connected with the Avengers, because that was that was how his family was killed, and uh, you know was killed in Sokovia am- amongst the you know you know the whole lifting of the city and whatnot. Uh, you know, it didn't really work out that well, and so uh, you know he's he's very much anti-hero, and I think even somewhat anti like any kind of enhanced beings, but. He's a very pragmatic guy, so he's probably got a couple of those folks on his team. I am going to agree with you on this one. I, I think he is going to end up being the main antagonist, the the one pulling the strings uh, all season long, and he will be the big bad and probably uh, – I'll, I'll go a step further and, and just say that they will probably close out that arc with him uh, at the end of the series, but we shall see. Mm. All right, next one. We're going to stop calling him Baron. We're just going to call him Zemo at this point. Mm-hmm. Zemo will have the Thunderbolts on his side to take on Falcon and Bucky. The real or the jabroni? Who are the Thunderbolts? Because I am woefully ignorant on this point. I was hoping you were going to have that background. (laughs) (laughs) All righty then. You seem to be a bit more into the comics than me. Um, Yeah, I was never really a Captain America uh, Falcon sort of comic book reader so um, you know what i'm just gonna go with the real because right. why not it, right. it sounds cool sounds good sure why okay. not um from what i read the thunderbolts are somewhat enhanced in terms of their abilities um, i don't remember how exactly but zemo employs them as you know, kind of his answer to, you know, much like you were saying before, how his whole mission is to rid the world of superheroes. He's mm. essentially trying to leverage super villains to take out the superheroes, if that makes ah. sense. Oh, it makes total sense. So uh, I am going to go the real on this one as well. Uh, this feels like a reasonable thing um, for him to do and would be in line with his motives. Fair enough. So now uh, a statement that'll be a little more of of, of a, a face turn, if you will, for Zemo. On the other hand, here here's a rumor. Zemo has employed Falcon and the Winter Soldier to take down the Flag Smashers. I got to say jabroni. I think that's one of those. It's one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, wouldn't this be cool? Like, yeah, it's cool. And it's way too convoluted for it to actually happen. Like a lot of like a lot of the WandaVision theories of, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. 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 And it doesn't because ultimately it's like, yeah, that sounds cool. But in a story sense, once you actually start breaking down how it works in in a in reality, like the reality of the show or the movie. Yeah, don't it don't hold water. Right. Well, and and I think if WandaVision showed us anything is that Marvel is consistent in not relying on crazy gimmick gimmick tree. Gimmickry? Today, Junior Gimmickry, is that the better way to put it? Yes, I believe so. Crazy gimmicks to to tell effective stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about all sorts of crazy theories around WandaVision leading up to the finale and it was a very 
like at the end of the day, it was a very direct story. It was really just about her coming to terms with her grief, going deep on her and vision and, and their love for one another. And just telling a very kind of straightforward story. There, there wasn't a lot of, of, of gimmicks to it, you know, other well, than, you know, the, the chaos magic that she was unleashing on everyone. Yeah, I would I was somewhat I would only disagree in terms of semantics. They use gimmicks, but when they use gimmicks, it's for like a framing device or, right. uh, you know, kind of an overall like world building thing which is a very comic books thing to do. They don't use gimmicks in terms of like story gimmicks. They're not out to swerve you every, you know, and they're not going to pull like an M night, you know, sh- uh, I can never pronounce the guy's last name. Shyamalan, Shyamalan. I think Shyamalan, yeah. I, they, they are not going to pull an M night thing where it's like, Oh my gosh, the twist you won't believe. And the thing is it, because after a while that's, you're just waiting for it and it becomes expected and who cares? And not to say that they don't ever throw you a little bit of a twist, but it's not they, they have other tricks. They know that like, hey, if you just tell a compelling story, mm-hmm. people go see those movies all the time. People re- buy those comic books all the freaking time. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a great video about uh, about story structure from um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. And he diagrams out these stories. And one of them is like, you know, Cinderella. And, you know, he's like, and people love this story, you know, and you realize like, oh, my gosh, that's the same type of story that I have watched and read hundreds of times. Right. And and they know this. They're like, hey, as long as the characters are good, you'll take the ride, even if it's a ride you've been on. Right. Right. You know, I think that's and I think that's their strength. Like you say, they don't rely on that. They'll pull it out every so often. I think you use the right term when you said swerve. I think. Not, gimmick isn't really what I mean because you're you're right. There, there's always an element of gimmick gimmicks going on with with superheroes, right? But it's really mm-hmm. about you know putting it in wrestling terms. It, it's it's that whole thing where you have a bad guy who all of a sudden turns good, or a good guy mm-hmm. who all of a sudden turns bad, and you don't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like they don't seem to rely on that as much. They're like all the characters seem pretty consistent to their story. Well, yeah, because, I mean, and the reason why you kind of do that in, you know, wrestling is because everything has to be focused around the ring and combat and, you know, the, and the fighting. Whereas in a movie, you got a lot more to work with. You can show quiet moments. You can show things, mm-hmm. you know, you can flip to different, so you don't need to rely on that. Right. And, and, and they don't, you and, know? And for Zemo to go in the direction of what we're saying here, where he ends up like, you know, kind of at the end of the series, let's say, revealing that he's, you know, kind of in league with Falcon and Winter Soldier would really work against the entire nature of that character, given his background. Like what something severe must have happened for him to have a change of heart. But we don't know what it is and we probably won't see it in the series if that happens, which means the likelihood would be low. Yeah. Agreed. So with that, I will also throw in on the jabroni as well for that one. Mm hmm. All right, so now, having said that, uh, let's see. The Thunderbolt character. So, again, if we go with the assumption that this group of quote-unquote supervillains, and we kind of get the sense that there might be this might be in play because when Falcon's friend Torres tries to infiltrate the Flag Smashers when they have some sort of gathering, he gets booted and he goes flying pretty far. Yeah. yeah so he, he, there's some superpowers that going thing on. pretty quick. Yeah. 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 So one of the characters, uh, and this is all based, again, on some of these theories kind of interweaving here, but 
Uh, there's an actress who is rumored to be in the series, but we don't know what role she's playing. It's rumored to be the character Jolt, who is one of the Thunderbolt characters. Uh, she will appear and have a connection with Bucky. And I'll give this background, um, assuming Uncle Todd does not have it, given uh, his prior statements on the Thunderbolts. Mm. One of the things I was reading as I was doing the research is uh, the character Jolt in the Thunderbolts actually came up through the same program as Bucky did as the Winter Soldier. Hmm. So that is the connection they would have, that they both were kind of conditioned to and, and her character, I believe, is is uh, she's able to fire like lightning bolts or something like that. I don't know how. Of course, the program he was in enabled her to do that. Do it. But uh, that is kind of she's able to move very quickly. Um, so she's you know I don't know if she's like flash fast, but she's fast, mm-hmm. and she can fire the bolts out of her hands. So uh, huh. both of them will have come from that program. Now, I, I wonder if all of the Thunderbolts have names like that. Like, you've got Jolt, Bolt. Then, I mean, because after that, then it starts getting a little shady. You get into, like, you one know, of them may be Colt. You know, then you, the one that I can't wait for is Molt. Like, the per, <laughs> you know, they can shed their body hair like feathers. And then, of course, you get to Dolt, which is just like, that's actually the new Captain America. That's, that's his heel turn <laughs> getting into. John Walker is the Dolt. Is that what you're saying? The chin led him astray. That's right, the chin. I'm telling you that that's money. And the Feige, give me a call. We'll work on the chin. I I don't I I think it'll, it'll definitely sit well in the Disney Plus. It might be a cartoon, but I think it can fit into the Marvel universe. De Plus, De Plus, Plus. So what say you, sir? Uh, will there be a Thunder character, Thunderbolt character named Jolt, and will she have a connection with Bucky? Well, see, the problem is this is a two-parter. I think that I I think that would fit in the you know as the real with the character, but the connection with Bucky, I I think they're kind of steering away from some of that because I I think just it's harder to imagine that there's other people who have been hanging around for a hundred some odd years, which you know, unless well, I mean. Eh. Yeah, heck with it. I'll go with the real all the way around. I'm not going to split hairs. Just give me the real. All right. Interesting, because I am also going to go the real on this one. Ah, so you're just copying me. That's all. I could see. Well, no, because I I could see them doing something where here's Bucky trying to make amends, and here's this this other character who doesn't have the benefit of being kind of snapped out of the program like he was, Mm -hmm. uh, continuing in her uh, evil ways. So little yep. juxtaposition. And, and if there's one thing that we've learned from Santana, you got to change your evil ways. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways, I don't know where that came from. Oh, okay. It's the seltzer. It's getting to me. <sighs> Seltzer's going right to his brain. Actually, you know what it's doing? It's shaking up all those paint chips. <laughs> Release, <laughs> it's releasing all the toxins. Oh, good Lord. Letting them breathe, letting them breathe. I'll be dead by tomorrow, but at least this this is my farewell to the world. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's a little on the nose with a uh, with with a rumor that that I was reading based on some sources you gave me, sir. So uh, we're going a little deep here. Actress. So this is the actress's name. Erin Kellerman will be playing Sin, the daughter of the Red Skull. The real or the jabroni? I'm going jabroni. I I don't think they're going back to the red skull i i think 
they're kind of moving forward at this point. That'd be a little too much, I think. Do you think that would make any sense, though? Like, the Red Skull was based in the 40s, right? If he had a daughter... She'd be old. She would not be as young-looking as one Aaron Kellerman looks, so... You know, not not to. I mean, well, and the thing is, like, at some point, you have to you have to start moving these characters into today instead of like, no, no, they're all from the '40s. They were passing around that you know that super soldier serum like you know, like a <laughs> bottle of Goldschlager at a dorm party in 1998. Yeah, 19 no. Tickety because, because at some point, then it's like, okay, then how come there was only one Captain America, and but but uh, the bad guys had this, and yet they still all lost. You know, you got to you got to cut this off at some point, you know, and and this is where I choose to cut it. Fair enough. Fair so enough. jabroni all the way on that one. All right. Second one uh, kind of centered on this actress, mainly because there are several. I, I didn't note the actor. Sorry, the actress's name who would play Jolt. But there's several actors who it's not clear or it's not made you know, known to the public what role they're playing in this series. So that's why mm-hmm. there's a little bit of theorizing around them. So uh-huh. actress Erin Kellerman will be playing Songbird, one of the Thunderbolts. Hmm. Uh, it's yeah. unclear what she's playing exactly, but these are two of the theories that are going. I'll go the real. I mean, why not? I have no idea who she is. I have no idea who the character is, but it sounds like a good fit to me, you know. Why not? Uh, I'm going to go the jabroni on this one. Ah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little opposite here and uh, see if, not that she's not in the series, but I don't know that she's going to play that specific character. Let's just say that. Maybe it'll yeah. be a different character. Could be. All right. Uh, this next one is actually one I kind of threw together. Uh, this is not based on any sourcing uh, that we kind of... You know, put a lot of these together off of. But Ooh, this, this is a homegrown theory. This is a homegrown theory, my friend. Like it. So, uh, Batrock the Leaper, which I had to actually read a couple times because I almost read it as Batrock the Leper. <laughs> which I'm thinking, if he's a leper, I don't think a lot of people want to be around him. But uh, he was uh, the gentleman in the beginning of episode one who was uh, causing Falcon a lot of headaches trying to get that that soldier recovered from whatever kidnapping was going on in the beginning there. I'm making a prediction that uh, Batroc the Leper will kill Torres, Torres being Falcon's friend, uh, mm-hmm. will kill Torres, springing Falcon and Winter Soldier into action. The real or the jabroni? I'm going to go uh, jabroni because essentially Batroc is uh, the, Mar- the MCU... Um, Barry Horowitz at this point like when they All need right. someone to come out and actually he's not even Barry Horowitz who's a who's a jobber who the Brooklyn Brawler no I, I mean a jobber who could actually kind of hold their own the Red Rooster uh, you you might have actually thought could win but they never do they make it look good and instead of just like a complete squash you know almost going back to someone like uh, you remember Sam Houston ah yes yeah, Sam Houston like he was barely a jobber, but he he still lost like all the time. But he mm-hmm. was still he was fairly good. Like that's him. Like here's a guy they bring in, and so he was in the beginning of um, of what was it Captain America: The Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he was the guy on the ship who had all the Shield agents hostage, and and he went toe to toe with Captain America and and acquitted himself quite well until Cap got kind of pissed and then took him out. But he escaped at that in that movie. 
And then we don't hear from him again until we see him at the beginning of this show. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does the same sort of thing. Like he, he shows that he's kind of a badass, but not enough of a badass to actually get over on any of these Avenger type heroes. Right. And right. then he just manages to escape. I think that's that was I don't think we're going to see him again. Really? I think that was his I think that was his bit. That's his thing. Like he shows up, he does his he does the job and then he's done. You don't right. you don't see him again, you know? We'll see him we'll we'll see him in something else and he'll get his butt kicked, escape and that's his that's his life. So I'm going with Jabroni. All right, I'm going to go with the real on this one and here's my reasoning. Okay. Torres seems like he's gunning to be taken down in some way shape or form. He he's he's Oh, he's, he's in, totally involving totally. He himself be- in way too much. He might as well be wearing a red shirt and beaming down from the Enterprise. He's, I mean, he's done. He's he just asking he to be taken. and walking. Yes. So you're just thinking he won't, it won't be Batrock who would do it necessarily. No, I think, I think Zemo, the Thunderbolts, any, anyone else, anyone else, like All a right. carjacking is, is more likely than, than Batrock. All right. All right. Next theory is rather interesting. Hmm. Isaiah Bradley, character in the Marvels in, in Marvel lore, the mm-hmm. first black Captain America will appear mm-hmm. as part of this season. And I say this is interesting because if you are familiar with the comics, which I am not, so I'm completely basing this on reading I did last night. <laughs> uh, apparently, he was supposed to be much in the same way as Steve Rogers, and then basically being a part of the experiments that led to the enhancement. Mm-hmm. But then the government essentially screwed him over. Yeah, yeah. And so it would be kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm going a little editorial here, but but I think it would be kind of interesting to bring this in. But I don't mm-hmm. know, given six episodes, if it's you know really prudent to the story they're trying to tell. So it's, uh, it's unclear at this point. I mean, we have one episode under our belt, can go anywhere. Um, we're already kind of seeing the struggle Sam is having, you know, with, with, with picking up that mantle and taking it forward from Steve Rogers. So it would be interesting and I could, I could see it happening. Um, it's just, it's going to require some very concise and and focused storytelling to get there, but to bring this character in, what, what say you, the real or the jabroni? I think it's fascinating. I think it's a it's a very interesting thing. I would I would be very interested in seeing how that goes. It ain't going to happen. It's jabroni. It's it's another wishful thinking type deal. It's like a lot of it's like me thinking that, you know, Reed Richards was going to show up in WandaVision or that we were going to get Doctor Strange knocking on their door or something. It, it's it would be really cool and it would it would be from a from a standpoint of a fan, you want to see it. It ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's right. it's too much. That you've already you've already you're already setting up. You've got six episodes, and if they're forty ish minutes each, like this one was, that's not that long. This is a movie. Like you you got to pick and choose how many bad guys, good guys, and and characters you're going to introduce in this. And and they already introduced quite a few. They've they put a lot of pieces on the board. Mm-hmm. I I mean and I'm not saying that that character Isaiah Bradley won't show up. You know, at, at you know, in some way, it could be just as a as a character who has nothing to do with Captain America. So, okay. and, and to me, that's the, his character as the first Black Captain America. It's just not going to happen. All right. Well, I am actually going to go the real on this one. I think the, you've I think, always been a dreamer. I think he will appear, and I think it will be a nudge for Sam to move in that direction. 
it'd be cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be happy to be wrong on this. Sure. Because I, th- I think it'd be cool. I just think it's too much. Uh, and, and fair enough. I mean, I, I can see the uh, I can see the other side of it. Absolutely. Because, again, we're not talking nine episodes like WandaVision. We're talking six. And so you got to be pretty focused. Now, if it's six one hour, then you're talking roughly the same content because, you know, you got nine WandaVision at 30 minutes a pop. It's roughly the same, right? So... Well, so no, it's not an hour though. It was well, fi- it was fifty like, minutes, about fifty minutes. Well, no, well, it was that's with credits and everything. You got to keep in mind, like the credits on all these shows are like six, seven minutes long. So that's it's like two hundred and seventy to two hundred and forty. So you're a half hour less of right. like actual episode time, and I mean, that's that's almost another episode. I I just I I think that you got to be careful. But then again, look at Wandavision. Like, how many characters do they introduce there? Uh, not nearly as many as we thought we'd see. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we shall see. This is why we're doing this. Oh, we shall. It yes, is. We shall. It is always interesting to speculate and to wonder. Oh, and wild speculation. Yes, this is my one of my favorite things. The next one, War Machine, will mm-hmm. join Falcon and Bucky in taking down Zemo and the Thunderbolts. This the is real the real. I don't even need to ask, you to ask me. It's this is the real. There's going to be a, a war machine like Armor Wars show down the line. How cool was it seeing Don Cheadle in episode one? Oh, it was fantastic. I was so happy. <laughs> I, then again, seeing Don Cheadle in anything like when he pops up on my Twitter feed, I'm happy. I, I just something about Don Cheadle. I'm like, I that dude is just money in the bank for me last night so we're, we're we're walking through all the marvel movies you know and in, in, not in marvel chron- chronology but in just you know the order they were released into theaters and we watched iron man mm-hmm. and you know terrence howard good actor in his own right but man don Cheadle, he is roadie he is roadie yeah although that's one of those things where i wonder if sort of like i've i've contended that the mandalorian wouldn't have been as well received as it has been had we not gone through the 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 postquel trilogy car wreck that I, I think it kind of was a palate cleanser. I think Terrence Howard not necessarily nailing Rhodey helped Don Cheadle help them refine what that character was going to be for when they decided to change the actor. Now I've heard different mm-hmm. reasons about why they changed the actor and it's a real, you know, they said this, they said this, they said this, and who knows what the truth actually is because ain't nobody getting, trying to get sued on this. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know, but I think that that might've been, uh, that might've helped the situation. That's just me. All right. Uh, I am also going to go the real on this one. I, I, I think it would be, you know, in line with the character. I think it would be in line in, in with the relationship, you know, that he seems to have with, with Falcon and Bucky to, to be a part of this. So I, I think that would be very cool to see War Machine jump in. And uh, I, for one, would welcome that visual in the season. Mm. Oh, yeah. And they've already shown that. I mean, they are, they are all in on the action sequences. Like, that was... That was movie quality action scenes we were seeing. Oh yeah, that was that was top notch, just all the way across the board. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean it, the way they were bouncing between the different helicopters was just hysterical. I mean, I'm like, this oh, this yeah. is awesome. This is just so good, so well done. Except I kept, I was like, how many of these helicopters they got? Like, there's just a new one every so. Long. It's like playing a spy hunter game from back in the day. Like, just a new <laughs> car rolls up. Like, where the hell are they coming from? And how did you know you'd need that many? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 
I want to like, know the formula they were trying to like. Well, it's Falcon, so wait, wait, wait. you know what? Add another helicopter. Add another one, just to be safe. Look, we're pretty sure Falcon's going to show up, so we need at least seven helicopters, and they all have to be following one another in succession. So yes, there we go. yeah, you set up here, you set up here. How come I got to be the first one? Well, you drew the short straw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. Well, next next one will be interesting. Okay. Uh, I I was a little surprised to see this, but not. I, I shouldn't say completely surprised, but a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. Red Skull will be revealed as the main antagonist pulling the strings. The real or the jabroni? See now, this is this is the Mephisto <laughs> of this show. Agreed. <laughs> this is this is it just and 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 from this point on we're all everyone's gonna be like you know that could be red skull in disguise it's gonna be the same type of thing uh-huh. again it's there is some sort of part of me that is like hey that would be kind of cool no it wouldn't like that that story is done mm-hmm. it was nice to see him show up in in you know in endgame as as on vormir and all of and you know or actually no he showed up in infinity war first but it, it, it was kind of nice to see that character pop up somewhere else just for a brief moment to add a little texture and to give you a, <gasps> wow because it, it was again another one of those like Everybody's in this movie. Even if that character's been long dead, we're going to find a way to drag him back. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to happen. It's totally jabroni. Like, it's another one of those, oh my gosh, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. Gonna... No, 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 they're not. Yeah. Sorry. This is not, it's not that type of thing. And it, and it goes backwards from where they've been going the past however many years. I, 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 I would no. agree with you. I think if they were to go this route, it would betray like you said, what has been told already. I, I think the Red Skull served his purpose in Captain America's story. I, there really is no reason to bring him into this. And I thought it was, you know, when I, when I watched Infinity War and Endgame, and I'm actually re-watching Infinity War right now. You know, as just, we're recording? Not, not as we're recording, but but <laughs> o- over like lunch breaks and stuff like that. Am I'm, I I'm, boring I'm, you, sir? Not at all. Not at all. Oh, conversation <laughs> is lively as always. But... Uh, no, but but you know, watching it and just uh, you know what 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 a surprise, and and yet one that makes sense given how you know Captain America you know one played out with with him trying to you know use the stone and and you know suffering the consequences of that, it, it just doesn't make any sense, and it just feels way extraneous. You know, it just it just does not feel like it's it's an organic part of what they're trying to tell here. It feels like Falcon and Winter Soldier feels like more of an organic human story. You know what I mean? It's not going to be mm-hmm. the crazy kind of wild stuff that we saw in WandaVision. And I kind of like that. I mean, it actually, if, if, if this just occurred to me, but if you look at it, you know, WandaVision was kind of the out there mystical magic sort of stuff for Marvel. And this one may be way more grounded in, mm-hmm. in just being very human, very real. And then what comes after this? Well, Loki does, which goes more yeah. kind of to the fantasy kind of, you know, often often to fantasy land. And so I think this one's going to stay pretty grounded. So Red Skull coming back just doesn't it feels over overdone and, and, and not in the vein of, of what Marvel would do. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate the the memes that I've seen and stuff after, you know, when you realize that at the end of 
Endgame, Steve goes and he brings all the Infinity Stones back to where they were. So he has to go back and bring it back to, you know, Sorcerer Supreme. He has to bring this one back here. has to bring that one back there. He got to go back to Vormir. And and the, that whole thing where they're like, you know, they picture, you know, because the Red Skull always has to say, oh, yes, you are this son of this and that and the other. And it's like, Stephen, son of a bitch. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love those memes because I'm like, that had to have been... Awkward. I came like, here to get away from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, this is yours. How did you... Uh, <laughs> I've got to stay here more. Um, oh I just gosh. gave the Red Skull a French accent there. That was kind of weird. I don't know. Well, he is, he is on the plus, So Yeah. Plus. That's what they ought to do. Like, that whole, like, the thing that comes up is like, well, instead of, like, the little click, it Bruce, I, I would. <laughs> Again, somebody get somebody get Feige on the phone right now. I've got ideas. Uncle Todd I got has ideas a lot of good ideas. ideas. A lot of good ideas. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're good. They're just ideas. <laughs> you want the good ones? You got to pay and sift through them yourself. Oh, I, I, that's not my thing. All right. Well, the next one, uh, departing from the Red Skull here, uh, the U.S. government will be revealed as behind everything. This, this season, as a way to validate the Sokovia Accords, the real hmm. or the jabroni. So this one, I think, could actually play out because, I mean, we've kind of seen the political intrigue angle a bit in the, in the Captain America you know, corner of the Marvel Universe. I mean, it could there's been some slimy sort of douchey politicians and, and mm-hmm. folks represented there. I think it could be. Um, the only thing is, I just wonder what the game is in trying to, I'm trying to think of how that makes sense in a story sense. Like, how does that actually work that, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to trick these and are, we, are they just trying to get rid of all the superheroes in in the like US based superheroes but then leave all these dudes that are enhanced that they're obviously utilizing <laughs> then hey by the way we want to leave ourselves defenseless like, okay mm-hmm. good idea mm-hmm. I, mm, I'm gonna go jabroni because I, I just I can't see it following all the way through it would be I could see it being the US government kind of being behind something but I don't know. I just can't. I can't go wholehearted on that one. So for me, given because what I find interesting is how episode one played out. Sam hands over the shield. Mm. You have whoever I, I forget the character's name, but this this government official or something thanking him for turning the shield over to the museum and so forth. And yet he's the same guy that announces the chin as the new Captain America. See, you can't stop saying it. I can't. <laughs> Something's going on. and Oh, I, I agree. Totally. And the one, so, so you asked the question, and, and I didn't answer it right away, partially because, you know, of course, I want to be the one who wins the bourbon. <laughs> Here's what I see what's going on. I, I think it's about control. I think the Sokovia Accords are, are more about controlling these extraordinary individuals who are are what we call the superheroes Hmm. than it is about anything else and i have a feeling that part of the story being told here is going to be getting them under control now that 
you know Thanos and and the 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 main you know sort of crisis that was what we saw play out in Endgame has been you know has been taken care of and and you know we have billions of people who have been restored that they want to restore control of these individuals and they mm-hmm. are seeking any way to do it. So I I kind of think this may play into it mm-hmm. as part of the plot intrigue of what's going on. I could see that. I I just I can't go all the way with the Sokovia Accords. That's the thing. Like I I definitely think there's some shadiness going on with the government there. Uh, mostly because it's a great story angle and it's grounded, like you were saying, w- w- along with this show. I just, I, I don't know if it has to do with the Sokovia Accord, so I'm, I'm going to stick to the jabroni. And it's not an unrealistic swerve because we've seen it play out in Captain America Civil War. You yeah, know what I no, mean? totally. So, so we, 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 there is precedent for it. So, yep. All right. Well, the next one is, uh, you know, staying in, in that same vein as the Sokovia Accords. Uh, this one's a little interesting. Zemo. Baron Zemo will be in league with the U.S. government and their goal to enforce the Sokovia Accords. And, of course, this is all related to his whole thing of trying to handcuff or, or do away with superheroes as much as possible. So what say you, sir, the real or the jabroni? I think it's the jabroni. I think he just I think he wants the superheroes dead. I don't think he wants them under control. Mm-hmm. I think he he just wants them gone. Mm-hmm. And that was his goal in trying to in breaking up the Avengers was was to create I think that that was his his goal is to create confusion and to eliminate this group of superheroes. I think now his goal is probably just that they got to go. Got to go, got to go. That's what I think. All right. All right. Uh I'm a little torn here. I, I think I'm going to go uh, the real on this one. I, I, I think Zemo... You're wrong! In, ...in what will be uh, revealed as as yet another nasty betrayal and, and, and nasty, you know, kind of stab in the back of, of, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It will be Zemo being in league with the government as, as a way to handcuff the, the superheroes, which enables them to be more easily eliminated. Hmm. So mm. Zemo uses it as a tool to, you know, kind of marginalize the effect they can have and then in the process take them out uh, because they cannot operate uh, freely given what the Accords is about. So I could see it. Sure. All right. Next one. Uh, Sharon Carter. We're going to come back to her. Uh, she will become the new Black Widow. The real or the jabroni? I'm going to go with the real on this one. I, I think that is a, a somewhat plausible turn there. And, you know, she's already involved somewhat, uh, apparently, with the CIA post-SHIELD. So I think that that could, I think that could be a plausible turn of events. I will agree with you on this one. I, I think as well, uh, you know, now that, that Black Widow has met her end in Endgame, it seems like there is an opening there to bring this character into that role, into the forefront of being that sort of assassin slash coordinator of the Avengers kind of character and, and have her kind of play that role moving into the next phase. So I agree with you, sir. I'm going to go the real on this one. Yeah. I mean, she's already you know, shown that she can be undercover. She already shows that she can kick some ass. Uh, uh, yep. I think she's got that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here, here's an interesting one. Much like back in the 1980s, Marty Jannetty was, was thrown through the barbershop window by Shawn Michaels. Somehow I knew you were either going with that or the Mega Powers. I, I knew it was one of the two. 
Is it going to be the barbershop window or the or you know Miss Eliz- who touched Miss Elizabeth's booty? We, I, I we, it was going to be one of the two. <laughs> it was either the booty or the barbershop window. It was going to be one of the two. I went with the barbershop window. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, hey, there's oh, no accounting for taste. Gosh. Want to touch the hiney? That is hysterical. All right. <laughs> this one, uh, yeah, it's it's out there, and and I don't know that I'm buying, so I'm kind of giving away my answer a little bit, but. The Winter Soldier will turn, so Bucky will turn on Sam. Jabroni. <laughs> we've, we've done this. I just want to know, will a metal chair be employed when this happens? We've, we've done this. We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. Oh, my gosh. You can't fix stupid. You know, and the, uh, the other part of it is, you know, apparently, you know, Shuri in Wakanda deprogrammed him. And you know what? If there's one if there's one person technologically that we have seen in the MCU who is damn near infallible, it's Shuri. So I mean uh, Suri. Suri or Shuri? Uh, I, I, I think it's Shuri. I think yeah. I'm I'm gonna I've I've got a lot of faith in her technical prowess. Yes. So I'm gonna say Jabroni. I, I have to say like kind of on a, a uh I don't mean to say on a more serious note, but but not on, on in, in the joking vein that we were just going in. Want to touch the hiney? It does seem like, it, you know, based on episode one and how they were kind of setting up both characters, because Sam and Bucky don't cross paths in episode one at all. No. Mm-mm. However, they do both seem to be dealing with their with with pasts in a different way. Like Sam is dealing with the legacy of Captain America. And Bucky is dealing with his past as a Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and, and trying to move forward from it. Having Bucky turn on Sam just doesn't seem germane to that kind of story. You know what I mean? <laughs> to quote Buford T. Justice, what the damn Germans got to do with this? <laughs> uh, but I'm in a high-speed pursuit. I'm sorry. I saw the opening. You don't get, I don't get the word germane thrown at me all that often. Well, so I, I I'm just saying it. it's it, it's not an organic part of the story. What do you say? Shut up, bunch. You know what True. I mean? Like, no, like, like, ha- like having Bucky turn on Sam is is literally like like some sort of like wrestling maneuver, you know, like what we saw with Michaels and Janetti. It just it it happens out of nowhere. It's shocking because you didn't expect it coming, but does it make any sense whatsoever? Probably not. You know what I mean? Well, it'd so. be the same as if that happened, and then three years later, they got back together as a tag team. And then, hey, we're gonna go do this interview in front of a barbershop window. Ha ha ha! Like it be, it's 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 exactly the same story that yeah. they were telling a few years ago. Like yeah. it, I could see DC doing that because DC is ruled by a bunch of morons and a syphilitic skunk. Apparently, <laughs> I don't I don't know who's in charge over there. <laughs> Because it really seems like the, it's like oh. movie. It's like movie studio by Ouija board. I have no idea what the hell is happening over there. Yep. That sounds like something they might do. Mm-hmm. I don't see Marvel doing that. Yeah. They seem quite a bit smarter than that. All right, I, I think we're both agreed on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Falcon. Now I, I find this one interesting, and and I will explain this. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So so Sam and Bucky will become. Team Captain America, meaning they're sharing custody of the shield, like they alternate weekends or something. What's... They 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 are basically both becoming co-owners of the shield, functioning as a team as opposed to an individual. Okay, so there's no like Wonder Twins unite, like the rings come together or anything like that. It's just they're they're working as like like a uh, you know Merton Riggs right. sort of thing. Okay. I kind of liken it to what we saw in Civil War when when Bucky and and Captain America were fighting Tony. 
Like yeah. there, there was one point in the fight where they were both kind of throwing the shield back and forth and kind of laying into him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I kind of see that happening with Falcon and and the Winter Soldier here. That that they become cohesively this unit that will function as what te- as what Captain America once was. Hmm. Interesting. Thoughts. Now, also to point out, we were debating on the title of this episode, and my the the runner up for the title of this episode was the Captain America B Team. So, yes, so, I mean, yes, you were not far off, my friend. This does tie in. Uh, well, the thing is, I mean, is it are they actually going to be called like Team Captain America? Will there be T-shirts made, or is this just they're going to work together? For the purposes of the real and the jabroni, let's just say. When the season ends, they will function as a team. Whether they're called Captain America or not is immaterial. They, they will simply be the team. I'll go with a real. All right. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good, you know, buddy movie, buddy show sort of thing. All right. Especially if one of them is grumpy. Fair enough. And, actually, and, and, and totally, like, Sam is definitely Riggs. And, and and Bucky is definitely Murtaugh in this. Like he is, he is like just one episode away from getting too old for this. And he, and he truthfully is like 106 years old. Ain't nothing to you know sneeze at. No, it is not. It is not. All right, next one, Baron Mordo, who is the villain from Doctor Strange, uh, the the first Doctor Strange. He was the villain in that one. Will make an appearance. Desiring for no more superheroes. And he also turns out to be Mephisto. Well, that's not part of this this statement, but if you want to throw it in, that's on your terms. I will, because it it just makes it even more ridiculous, because it's jabroni to start with. So, I mean, why not go whole hog, really? Just shoot for the moon. I mean, there's no crossover. There's There's no reason why that would even be a thing. Whoever thought of this should probably not think of anything else. I, I That's think my advice. I, the understanding I got was because Zemo is of a similar mind, that you could see him kind of getting woven in to help Zemo out. Yes, but the, I mean, the cross, like... The thing is, like, these characters have their own rogues galleries, yeah. you know, and and they do cross over, but you kind of need a good reason for them to cross over. And we ain't seen that dude since, you know, he kind of shuffled off at the end of of Doctor Strange one. And I really don't see him like deciding like, hey, you know what, let's bring this guy back here with without any kind of real connection or anything. I, I that just it doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm going to go the same on this one. I'm going to go Jabroni. I, I, it just doesn't make sense. And, um, yeah, I, I just it just seems a bit of a stretch. It seems, you know, you're, you're equating it to Mephisto is accurate. It, it, you know, looking back on WandaVision, while Mephisto could have played a role and it, it, it's not completely out of the realm of, of the crazy that was going on in that, in that show, it just wasn't germane to the storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> Germans got nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? And, and same here. It's just like it, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Don't you hear good? Not even not even a little bit. And I am a person who can, you know, connect some dots when I'm inclined to. And that's just way too much. Yep. Agreed. This is a homegrown one. This is one I came up with uh, simply oh. because it's four words. And I can't write anything more than five. Um, Falcon's <laughs> sister will die. Wow. Falcon's sister will die 
Took a dark turn on that one. Jeesh. Maybe as a point of motivation for him? I don't know. What say I, you, I don't know. Why, why you got to kill off the sister? Like, I mean, what did she ever do to you? Gotta go, gotta go! I don't want to kill her off. I'm just saying if they're looking for some way to motivate Sam to be Captain not, America, maybe. Now I think about it. You think Torres is going to die? You think, you know, you, I mean, are you were you rooting for uh, for uh, for Agnes to kill their dog to, in WandaVision too? I mean, good Lord. Is, do we need to talk to the group about this? Slightly. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jabroni. All right. I, on the other hand, am going to go the real. Gotta go, gotta go! Hmm. I just think that, I don't think that everybody has to have a death in the family in order to kind of propel them to the next level. I don't think everybody has to have the the T'Challa, T'Chaka moment, you know, the, you know, I mean, even you go back to Captain America, like when, before he went on his date with Bucky and tried again to get into the army and, and finally uh, the professor there, you know, picks him to be part of the experiment and all that. Like, I believe that was, they were coming back from a funeral or something. He mm-hmm. like one of his parents had died. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Stark, like everybody has, has these things. I don't think that has to be with every single person though. I think that would be kind of odd. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, before we move on to the next one, I, I failed to mention something that I thought you would appreciate. So okay. ju- jumping back to the Falcon and the winter soldier will become team captain America. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did have the thought today as I was as I was uh, making the meatballs and, and thinking about the show. <laughs> this is when you have all your deep philosophical thoughts. Exactly, when you're working right in the middle meat. of cooking something. Isn't this somewhat like the Rocky Three sort of thing when Apollo Creed is like, maybe we can win it back together? Yes, you know yeah, what I mean. T- totally, <laughs> totally. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> So I, I, I kind of like that that theory because, it yeah, just, just being a big fan of Rocky III and, and Apollo and, and Rocky teaming up to take down Mr. T was, uh, you know, I, I, I see the Falcon and the Winter Soldier taking down whoever the big bad is. So just just wanted to throw that in as just kind of a funny dink if you will. No, I, I, I like, the, I like the, the connect to the dots you did there. All right. Uh, next one. Kind of in the same vein as Baron Mordo. Doctor Strange makes an appearance in this season. <laughs> and he's Mephisto. And he's Mephisto. <laughs> it's been it's been him all along. What's I never I knew you couldn't trust that Benedict Cumberbatch. I knew it. Uh Jabroni. I mean, come on. Maybe I should throw an addendum in there and say he shows up blue. <sighs> might as well again if you're gonna if you're gonna throw stuff in you might as well go all go full throttle i am gonna go jabroni on this one as well it just it doesn't make any sense doesn't make yeah any sense. not even now is that one you came up with or was that someone that someone was else? one i came up with because i remember back when we were talking about wandavision we were thinking oh dr strange will show up in the end because there's all these rumors about you know yeah. the the his next movie about the um I can't think of the name, but it's something. Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Thank you. That it, it is related somehow with with Wanda, and mm-hmm. in, and he didn't appear. So it was kind of a joke one in a way because it's like, hey, surely for for sure now he'll show up. Uh, no, I don't think so. Survey says. Eh, eh. All right. Uh, this one's interesting. Rhodey will make amends with Sam and will push for him to accept being Captain America. The real or the jabroni? I'm going to go with the real on this one. All right. 
Yeah, I think that's that is probably the most likely turn of events. I mean, I think it'll be a joint type deal with, you know, Bucky maybe giving him a, a nudge that way too. But I think Rhodey will be the one that kind of seals the deal. Yeah. And for those who forget, the, the make amends part comes from the fact that if you recall, Sam was on the opposite side of Rhodes, you know, on, on, on the on the two superhero teams that were going at each other. Uh, when he had his when he had his fateful crash and and basically became paralyzed, um, mm. so so this Although is where Vision the, was. Vision was the one who actually, like, with the Mind Stone, like, shot him down. Although he was he was chasing correct Falcon. Yes, yes. So so Sam has so it, it was significant that Rhodey was talking to him mm. in episode one in in that way because you know there there is that past there. And in some ways, this has already been kind of happening in episode one. But I, you know, I think this is really about the fact that the two of them, you know, like like Rhodes will will push for him to 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 go for it. Yep. Uh, okay. So the next these so we're we're down to the last four, and these are all about how the season will end. Okay. The season ends with can, actually, Sam. Can I can I just say I think we ought to combine these two because it really is the same sort of thing. Don't you think? Well, yes and no. Okay. Well, then let's do them separately. Hey, more than Mary. Right. Hit me with it. The season ends with Sam accepting ownership of Cap's shield. I'm going to say the real. All right. And what you're saying, in a way, by saying that is this this story arc is really about Sam's kind of acceptance, you know, kind of dealing with the legacy of Captain America and, and being okay with taking the shield. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because I don't think there's, I mean, the shield is right there in the logo and it's really focused on that. And quite honestly, one of these two dudes is going to be Captain America. I don't think Bucky is going to be Captain America because honestly, he knows what he's done and he knows yeah. that he is, his hands are way too filthy to be Captain America. Yeah. Agreed. And if out of the two of them, you know, Sam is the much more, not even the much more likely candidate. He's the only candidate mm-hmm. out of the two of them. Second statement, which Uncle Todd uh, understandably well, no, won. What, what's your what's your what's your answer? Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, I'm going to say the real as well. I, I I think this is built like like the, it starts out with him giving away the shield, and it seems like a, a nice kind of circular story to kind of have him accept it at the end. Mm, yep. And I think you know the six episodes are going to explore and kind of have him work through whatever issues he has with with taking that over you know that that whole statement about how it feels like it's someone else's i think he's going to come to the conclusion that it feels like his and Mm -hmm. uh and and be okay with that yep uh the next statement is the season ends with sam becoming the new captain america the real or the jabroni i'm gonna say the real because i i think that's implicit with taking ownership of the shield you know that's the gimmick like you are captain america at that point interesting well i on the other hand am going to say the jabroni really i would love to hear your reasoning on this one the sir. reasoning on this one is this that i think he in his in his kind of uh, processing the legacy of captain america is not going to want to become pet captain america but become his own entity if you will uh, so Captain Falcon, maybe Captain Falcon, or as we talked about, maybe just teaming up with Bucky to kind of be a team with him and uh, under the banner of Captain America, but not being the singular Captain America hmm. because he feels he cannot, you know, replace what Steve Rogers was, but he can certainly pick up the mantle of, of the shield 
and wield it on on behalf of those who are in need of uh, his defense and saving. Fair enough. If that makes any sense. Sure. As much sense as anything else we talk about. Well, so, yeah. of course. Uh, the next statement. The season ends with Bucky making full amends for all of the lives he has shattered. I'm going to say the jabroni, if only because, again, I'm, I'm saying that it has to be it has to be 100% on the question. Like, I'm not going to split hairs. I think he's going to make amends with with Yori. I think he's going to make amends. He's going to kind of make right all those things. Because we did see it's not just making amends. Like, hey, I'm sorry. It's also, like, balancing out the ledger of, like, the people who then took advantage of stuff that he did. Yeah. Like, he he went after those folks and got them arrested. Uh, the ones in the car who got muscled around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think that you're going to I don't think this is going to be a my name is Earl sort of thing where he has to go through his list and you know you're going to see him cross off the last name at, as the credits are rolling. Mm. Uh, I think he's going to make some amends. I don't think he's going to make all the amends. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to agree with you as well. I, I don't think he's going to work through everything, but I think the relationship with Yori is going to lend itself to to him going beyond probably you know trying to go above and beyond given the remorse he feels Mm. so maybe not for everyone and maybe not in the same way but full amends not quite sure he can do that but but Mm. mainly the ones i think that he's he's struggling with it that will we'll see him kind of uh bring some closure to those and finally the last one sir oh jeez we're finally at the end (laughs) i just read this one okay and the one that that i think uh you know it's it's gonna be the real the season ends with steve rogers returning to fight alongside falcon and bucky what say you sir and they're all mephisto they're all mephisto Everyone's Mephisto. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Because so, you can see is, it happening, can't you? I, I, I would not completely rule out a, a Chris Evans cameo, if only because I could see him appearing as old Cap. Mm. But I really, I, I think that is such a remote Possibility, it's mm. not even really worth considering seriously because it's Feige has kind of come out and said Chris Evans will not be playing Captain America again, which is interesting because I'm like, hey, he didn't say he wasn't going to be the Human Torch in the upcoming Fantastic <laughs> Four movie. <laughs> Let's get the band back together again. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure Michael Chiklis is not. Oh no, he has that new uh, that new show out, doesn't he? Uh, Coyote or whatever. He's mm-hmm. a border patrol agent. Whatever. Anyways, I could see, I would see him appearing as old Cap to maybe do the pep talk sort of thing. Mm-hmm. However, man, I don't know. It almost seems like it almost seems like they're talking about Cap being dead. Like he's considered dead and gone for all intents and purposes in this universe now. Not that he isn't like still living his life out there in like superhero retirement home or anything. I just, it's so, it's not going to happen. I mean, at this point, Cap's an old, 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 old man. He's lived that time period twice, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, even if he's been doing some really good Pilates and yoga, he's not, (laughs) he ain't fighting anybody. (laughs) You know, he might be able to take me and you out, but really what does that accomplish? Like, you know, it's total jabroni. So you think it's jabroni, huh? Oh, I know it's jabroni. This isn't a think. This is a no. All right. All right. 
And and what say you, sir? Uh, I will have to agree with you only because it would go against some of the, the laws earlier, of the known universe. <laughs> so, <laughs> some of the earlier pr- predictions um, around, uh, you know, Sam. You know, I don't feel Sam can accept ownership of Cap Shield. Um, you know, we saw Cap give him the shield at the end of Endgame. You know, he he put the stamp on it and said it's yours, and yet Sam still can't accept it. I I don't think Steve Rogers coming back is going to help that at all. I think this is something Sam has to come to his own conclusion on. So, mm-hmm. uh, I I I just don't see this happening. But I I threw it in here. This is a homegrown one just to kind of gauge and see what you thought and you know as we talked about there's a lot of mephisto level sort of theories here so uh just just threw that one in there and see if chris evans popping up would would be uh something you'd entertain but i smell what you're cooking i i i agree it's jabroni as well so just a mess with me just a mess with you just okay I'm, I'm okay with that and another thing so what do you got for and another thing this week sir well, given uh, the the reappearance of the chef's corner, I I have to. Uh, and I may have already used this one, so this may be a repeat. I have to go back into the, in in into the vault of free range idiocy <laughs> episodes of 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 past of yore, and and see if I have already done this one. But uh, you know, last few Fridays, um, my wife and I, you know, we'll watch a a few shows out after watching like WandaVision or, or, or uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we'll, you know, watch some Frasier or something else. But then when we get tired of that, I throw on diners, drive-ins and dives with Guy Fieri. And I am a sucker for these shows where someone who is schooled or, or, or well, you know, well-established within the culinary world travels around and kind of exposes you to places that are just kind of nestled in different communities and stuff like that. I, I loved you know, back in the day, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of her name. There, there was a show called like $20 a day or something like that. And I can't think of the chef's name. I shouldn't have brought it up unless I knew her name. Anyways, I, I just really enjoyed those shows where, where they kind of go and explore just other places that I've never been and, and you know, cities and, and you know, eateries in, in those cities where uh, you, you just have these these really creative chefs coming up with with all these just crazy dishes and just the ways that they can bring about some amazing food uh you you know through through their craft and through their creativity and so this show i just love watching it just just to get ideas for myself and the last couple weeks it's really inspired me to get kind of back into cooking over the winter i've really just you know once i put the grill away the, the the czar has gone into hibernation and, uh, you know, it's, it's spring is around the corner, it's getting warmer and, and the czar is, is starting to wake from his slumber. So, uh, yeah, so I'm getting back into it and, and really, really enjoy the show. And, uh, one, one interesting tidbit is, uh, given, you know, COVID this last year, um, Guy Fieri kind of flipped the show on its head and what he ended up doing is he and his son actually, um, they, they get these essentially these care packages from other chefs who send uh essentially all the ingredients like pre-made and everything set to go so that they can construct locally where they are the um the the meals that they would typically make at their restaurants 
and then oh, they would cool. sample them and and then declare a winner at the end of it. it. It's really a cool way to do the show and and you know really kind of fits the COVID era in in terms of just it being you know kind of a localized sort of thing that they're doing, but just so much fun to watch and and it's great to hear the crosstalk with the chefs and watching uh, you know guy and his son kind of kind of put all this stuff together. But um, but anyways. I, I would just recommend diners, drive-ins, and dives. It, it's a lot of fun. It's like comfort food for us when we're on the road. When we travel out to see family, we always watch the show in the hotel uh, when, when we take a breather for, for an evening, and, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. And So I, I would recommend this highly. It is inspiring. It is fun, and you just get to learn about a lot of different dishes that a lot of creative people have come up with. So that is my and another thing, sir. How about Very you? nice. And I will vouch for diners, drive-ins, and dives. But the problem is, it is total food porn. Like, if you watch this, <laughs> even if you've had a full meal, you will want to eat more. Mm-hmm. It is it is a dangerously slippery slope you're going to get on with that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets me every time. Even just you talking about it, I am now hungry. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to go in a literary direction uh, this week. I just finished this book yesterday. Yeah. Because I don't even know what day it is. I've been painting, again, huffing paint fumes and eating paint chips. So I, Uncle I don't know. Todd what, thinks it's 1984 again. It could be. I, I, is that why I'm wearing acid, acid washer jeans? So I, I just finished this book yesterday, and uh, it's called the, the House of Broken Angels by Luis Alberto Urea, which I'm, I'm hoping I've even gotten in the neighborhood of that name. Uh, it, it, but this book, man... One of the better books I've read in a while, and I've I've read some good ones uh, in the past year or so. But this book was just so well written and so so fun to read, and it was uh, it's funny, it's touching. Uh, it it got me to the point where I was I was reading big swaths of it to start with, and then as I was getting closer and closer to the end, I started taking smaller chunks, and I got to that point where I did not want the book to end. And brought me to tears. Brought me to tears a couple times. Yeah. It was. It's a. It's just a beautifully, wonderfully written book. It's about a, a family uh, who originally has come from Mexico, uh, from uh, Tijuana, La Paz, and and was uh, came to San Diego, and they live in this neighborhood. And it's about the the family, this immediate family, along with the extended family, along with the 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 main character who's referred to as Big Angel and his his little brother, Little Angel. One is Michael and one is Gabriel. I think the little brother is Gabriel. And about their father and about their parents and, and all of this, there's just the family history, but it all takes place kind of over one weekend. And it's, it's just this great tapestry of family stories and characters that are just crazy. Like just, but you get them instantly as you're reading it. And you, I started free associating like some of my family members because obviously my family is, you know, I don't live in San Diego and this is not my 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 type of heritage and history. But I'm like, wait, I've got an uncle who's who it was like this or I, I know people like this. And you start free associating your family with this family. And it's just it's, it's just so well done. And I would highly recommend that to anybody. Uh, definitely give that uh, a read. I've got to now go and read everything else that this gentleman has written Um, it actually prompted me to go on twitter and find him and to just type a tweet like thank you for writing this book because it was gorgeous Um, so check that out when you have the chance and are of a literary mind very nice 
So we have now come to the end of our time, and uh, I'd like to thank my my wonderful co-host uh, who who did the bulk of the heavy lifting for this uh, this show and getting all of this prepared. And, and especially thank you to all of our listeners who are out there, I don't know, maybe in a coma listening to this. I have no idea. I'm, I'm guessing that we probably have a healthy uh, contingent of people who are looking to kill a lot of time. Uh, maybe people with long commutes. I don't know. But uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, uh, we definitely appreciate you tuning in and listening. Uh, if you have not ever... Uh, subscribe to our, our humble little podcast here on the interwebs. You can go to freerangeidiocy.com. That has all of our episodes listed out there. You can go through, download them four, five, six times each because we love them sweet, sweet download numbers. Mm-hmm. You can also uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well if that happens to be your podcast dealer of choice. You can find us on the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All three of those are at freerangeidiocy. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, outright offers of bribery. We are not above that, especially if it has something to do with meat, then Tim will be all over that. Like, oh. I know a guy. Uh, oh, I'm. let's not get into that. I don't want to become an accessory in a meat deal. Um, <laughs> what you want to do is you want to send all of those to Tim at freerangeidc.com and he will get back to you forthwith, if not quicker. And, uh, you know, I think post-haste post whatever uh you know what this is actually probably the the least wandering i've done in this so i'm going to hand this over now because it's time for me to stop talking and i'm going to hand this over to uh to to tim and and before i do that i just kind of take a moment here think back over all these theories and crazy crap that we talked about today kind of just ask one last question to my good friend what the hell did we learn this uh, this evening we learned the following my friend Ah, okay, good. Benedict Cumberbatch, not a fan of the blue. Yeah, well, hey, can you blame him? The Admiral, I think you would have made a fine Klingon. Oh, I would have loved to see, like, see what sit rep is in Klingon. Don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's probably it. You might have actually invented a new Klingon word right I there. I think I did. Congratulations. Uh, your your geek credit has now gone up. We have learned that while I will uh, you know, delve into culinary exploration, uh, you sir will bring up the rear with the uh, the booze. Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> it's called keeping it real, okay? <laughs> Irish whiskey and lucky charms uh, is a perfectly legit way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day when you're like in the midst of house renovation hell, okay? <laughs> And we have learned, speaking of which... We were, we were lucky that we were actually using, like, <laughs> spoons, that we weren't just, like, eating it out of a bowl, like, on the floor, like, feral. That's 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 the stage that we're at right now, okay? <laughs> and we have learned that Uncle Todd, uh, you know, have have uh, paint can and brush will travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't travel. I've been sitting in my house. Actually, I have. I've been traveling outside my garage and back in. That's about it. <laughs> He is. He has honed and honed his painting ways, and he, uh, you know, if you're willing to give three fifty, he, he he might paint something for you. So hell no, <laughs> hell no. I am not painting a damn thing after this. I'm not even gonna go one of those paint nights where they have booze. Uh, I'm not even doing that. No, it's too much like painting. Too much. No. And sorry. finally, we have learned. Uh, my goodness, there, there's a lot of theorizing. It doesn't really need to be a, a show about crazy magic. It can be a show that's somewhat based in reality, and there's still a ton of theories that go with it. But in the end, wait, 
Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta ask. Yes, Are you Mephisto? I might be. I might be. Uh... But what I was gonna say is, <laughs> before I was interrupted with another theory. Uh, <laughs> with all these theories and, and just looking ahead to our future episode where we will determine who, who is the winner and who is the loser, just know uh, Uncle Tim is the real, Uncle Todd is the jabron. Oh, so I slide in one more shot there at the end. Okay, Just I see a little bit, be. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with mm-hmm. all that said, as, as always, folks, be safe. Be healthy. Be good to one another. And, uh, you know, as, as we tend to say at the end here, and as I alluded to, Uncle Todd, he, he, he can paint with the best of them. So he needs a 350. I need a 350. So please, just to help us with the bills, would you please hit the lights on the way out? We appreciate it. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Don't make me come over there and suplex you. (laughs) Put you in the camel clutch. Make you humble. Oh, you've humbled me before with a rock bottom, my friend. Oh, this will be different. Put you right in, get get you in, cinch that up. I've even, I'm gonna get the boots with the little the little pointy toes too, because those are. You're gonna go full chic on me, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. It's just gonna go all in. Gonna go all in. Oh, I, I bet the, I bet those are comfortable. I wonder if he has a set of those that are orthopedic now. Maybe.